Welcome to Behind the Writer, the podcast about what the heck happens after you finally finish that novel. I'm your host, Julie Vade, and I'm here with my fellow indie authors to dive into the good, the bad, and the ugly of writing and publishing a novel. Today, I am joined by T.M. Ledvina. When Tia was little, she would tell everyone she wanted to grow up to be a novelist. And now she's just trying to not disappoint the child she once was. She's an avid reader and writer and loves all things fantasy and romance. She currently lives in the beautiful state of Wisconsin with her partner, Ryan, and their dog, Corey. When she's not writing, she finds herself playing a lot of video games, tabletop RPGs, and watching anime to fill the creative well. Yeah, thanks so much for joining me. You have to tell me about your dog. I love hearing about people's dogs, so we're going to start with that. Of course, he's a he's a ten he's almost ten months old at this point. He's like literally sitting right next to me on the couch. Um, but almost ten months old, certified uh, super mutt, <laughs> he's a little bit of everything. <laughs> but he's a very good boy. <laughs> Oh, I love it. I have two dogs. And every time I see like a dog mentioned or any kind of animal mentioned in a bio, I'm like, I have to know about it. <laughs> I, I, I totally understand. I'm a huge dog lover. So I, yes. anytime someone's like, I've got a dog, I'm like, tell me all about them. <laughs> I must know. <laughs> all right. So um, let's start out with your book. So give me a little overview of what books you have out and what kind of you got going on? Yeah. So the one and only book that I have published at the moment is called Of Blood, Bones, and Truth. Um, think of it as a crescent city, but make it super gay. Um, and that is my my current published novel. It's the first book in uh, a series of planned four books, um, but there may be more coming, uh, prequels and other things. But yeah, that's that's my that's my one that's out at the moment. Um, and my, the second book in that series is on its way. So that's called the Phantom Flame. And that is coming out sometime early next year. I haven't actually decided like an official start date for it yet, but soon. Yeah. (laughs) Awesome. What's like, uh, give me like a one line, like what's the book about? Yeah. So it's, uh, follows a indentured political assassin named Kellen as he's trying to figure out a series of murders in his like futuristic city state called Spiral City. Oh, okay. That sounds very interesting. So it's like, it's like sci-fi? Kind of. I think it toes the line between sci-fi and fantasy. It's, um, it has a lot of like traditional fantasy elements, but it's set in a universe that has really similar technology to what we have currently. Um, so yeah, it, it really is like, if you've ever read Crescent City, it's like that level of like sci-fi esque, where it's like modern but not sure like sci-fi, where it's like all based in science. So I'm not a right. science person. So <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what kind of got you interested in writing in you know fantasy and all that kind of stuff? Yeah, I've been a big reader since I was a kid. Um, there's like pictures of me when I was like three getting books for Christmas and being so freaking excited about it. Um, (laughs) And so I've kind of always been a lifelong reader. Um, And when I was in like maybe second or third grade, we, we started talking kind of about, you know, what's a, what's an ideal career for you? Or like, what's the, you know, what do you want to do with the rest of your life sort of thing that they ask children, which they probably shouldn't, but it's fine. Um, (laughs) And you know, at that point, everybody's like, I want to be a fireman. I want to be an astronaut. And I'm like, I want to be a writer. Like, this sounds fun. Like, (laughs) I love, (laughs) 
was like, I loved getting lost in stories and I thought it was super fun. And I kind of just never lost that, that like love of it. Yeah. And so it kind of was, it kind of developed into this desire to actually publish books. And in like middle school and high school, I started taking a lot more creative writing courses and realized like, hey, I'm actually kind of good at this. And then I majored in English in college. And that was like kind of like the crowning accomplishment, I guess, um, that helped me kind of really solidify the fact that like, I love writing and like, I've gotten good at it and like I know what I'm doing and that was sort of like I guess it's like it's been a lifelong love of mine but I've never really like wanted to do anything else. (laughs) Okay that's good yeah they say that your interest in your childhood is kind of like usually your like passion in life kind of thing. Good for you. (laughs) So did you ever look at like traditional publishing at all or were you kind of set on doing it all yourself at the indie publishing? I did uh, look and I actually did pursue um, traditional publishing for a while. So mm-hmm. one of the one of the first things I did actually after I finished OBBT was I wrote a query letter and I like went and researched agents and I like went through the whole process. My 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 English degree is actually in publishing. So like I nice. I kind of I had like a really clear idea of like what I needed to do and like where I needed to go. And I got a few requests, but it was I'm I'm impatient. <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah, I'm same. and it was taking too long. And I, I kind of was like, you know what, I feel like this is like there are other projects I think that would do better in the traditional, you know, publishing sphere. I don't think this is uh I think it's I think it's a little too niche and a little too weird for there to be like a really good like publishing sphere for it. Maybe in a couple of years yeah. it would have done really well, but like once again, I'm too impatient and I just I was like I yeah. don't think this is going to like pan out as fast as I want it yeah. to. So this was really more like I just didn't want to wait and I wanted to get it out as soon as possible. And I think there are yeah. other projects that I write that might be better for the traditional sphere, but like this is not one of them that I was like dead set on going the traditional route with. Okay. So you're not like against traditional, like not, not against, but like, so you might do traditional publishing in the future, depending on how the project goes. Yeah, not opposed to it. Okay. I would, I would do it. I, I think it, I think traditional publishing is is really interesting because you kind of have to know the market and you have to know how yeah. to like market your story for a very specific market. And I just don't think I knew how to market OBBT for like sure. any kind of market that was out there right now because it's very niche. So I was like, yeah, I, don't think, I really honestly don't think that this will sell. But like, there are definitely other projects that I'm like, this would probably do better. Yeah, sure. That makes sense. So do you edit your own book since you have like that English background or are you still kind of I don't. getting other people involved? <laughs> yeah, I don't. And and part of the reason I think that I, I don't like to like, I, I, I obviously do self edit, like, you know, I'll go through and I'll, I'll make my own yeah. edits and changes and whatever. But I'm entirely too close to my own story. And like, I'm too close to my own words in order to be able to like make those necessary and hard decisions or like sometimes like with my editor I love her to death I'll like send her things and I'll be like okay tell me if this is stupid or like tell me if this one sounds like <laughs> is this a dumb plot line like and and so it's like I'm too close to my own story to be able to like make those decisions on my own so I definitely yeah. am like even though I have an English degree and I literally am like very well trained in this sort of field like I yeah. would much rather have somebody else take a look at my work I have a lot of like people that that give me feedback on my work before I publish it so yeah. yeah, definitely not alone in this game. And that's, that's good. That's way to do it. I think. <laughs> yeah. For the best. That's what they say. Yeah. yeah would you ever like edit somebody like, would you be interested in editing like other people's work or like expanding kind of from writer to like editor and like opening up to other projects? Yeah. I I've considered it. Um, yeah. I, that's good. Um, I have, a, I have a, 
I have a pretty busy day job. So like I, I would need to find, I think I would need to find more time for it, but it would definitely, yeah. I think be really fun to do. Yeah. And maybe someday if my life ever slows down a little bit, or if I decide that I want to find time for it, I will. But like right now, I don't know if I've got time to dedicate to somebody else's work, <laughs> which I'm like, I would love to, but with that. <laughs> yeah. you need my full attention and you're not going to get it. <laughs> I know it's so hard to work a full-time job and do all of the like writing and like, it's just so time intensive between the editing and the marketing. And like, I still don't understand how people market. Like literally they're like, you got to post every day. And I'm like, I, no. I don't know how to time for that. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I can barely do that. <laughs> yeah. So it's, I, yeah, there needs to be more hours in the day for sure. Definitely. Definitely. <laughs> So let's talk about, since we're talking about marketing, I meant I brought up marketing. Let's continue talking about marketing. (laughs) So what's kind of been your like approach to kind of marketing at this book? Yeah, I am chaotic at best. (laughs) So my my marketing approach is definitely like kind of see what is working with other people's like postings. So like I follow a lot of other authors and I'm like, okay, like that format is like, working really well right now maybe I should like make my own I you know make my own post like that or like do you know I, I hate to call it following the trend but that's essentially what it is like you know following trends yeah. and, and putting your own spin on it and making it into something that makes sense for your own book but a lot of my I think a lot of my marketing strategy is mostly I have like an ideal reader in mind and a lot of marketing gurus will tell you the same thing where they're like market to your ideal reader market to like the the you know your reader and it's hard to kind of conceptualize that but like I have a specific person in mind and this is like yeah you know this is something they tell you to do like both in like marketing school and like especially with like my publishing degree too like they would tell us like when you're thinking about who you're writing for it's like have like a specific person and like name them yeah so you know I have like a specific person that's in my head that I'm like okay this is my ideal reader there's somebody that like really loves anime they really love like the high action and intensity of like you know action anime and like they love fantasy stories and they love like reading about queer people and so like those specific things I'm like okay I'm marketing always to those specific things so you know I'll, I'll mention how it's like high action it's high it's like well paced and like you know all that sort of stuff and then like we'll market to the fact that like it's queer (laughs) it's very queer yeah and those are those are kind of the things I always try to hit on whenever I'm posting while also making it fit into the the trends that are going on in Instagram or like whatever and saying like okay well I'm taking this trend and then I got these these things and smooshing them together and how can I make that work yeah okay yeah it's a lot of fun (laughs) yeah it sounds like a lot of fun Good for you. I could never come up with things. Like I look at trends and I'm like, I feel like if I tried that, I would just look stupid. <laughs> I would just be like The other complicated part of it is that like it has to be authentic, which is like so yes. hard to do when you're trying to like yes. follow a trend. So it's like if a trend doesn't feel like it's something that I would like authentically come up with on my own, then I won't do it because then I'm like, it just keeps sure. like I'm forcing it. Like that's weird. Yeah. Right. That's, I know, I know, I agree. Yeah. <laughs> that's how I feel about everything. It's a nice little balancing act and it's so hard to, it's so hard to do. And I feel like a lot of people feel that way too, where they're just like, it's not me and I don't, but like, I want to market, but like, it's not me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So let's kind of along these lines um, with like you were saying with your ideal readers, like what kind of like messages or like themes do you, are important for you to be portraying in your books and to be putting out there? Yeah, obviously queer, just joy and like being authentically yourself is definitely like 
a, a theme I like to to shoot for and strive for. So with like OBBT and actually the entire Brimstone and Fire series, it's very much focused on, it's not really focused on them being queer. It's just focused on the fact that this entire universe is just accepting of people that aren't necessarily our idea of, you know, <laughs> cisnormative and like heteronormative and all that other stuff. It's just like, you can be whatever sure. you want because there's so many different races and genders and types of people in this world. They're just like, who gives a shit? Like we can't, we can't police that anymore. Like <laughs> it, right. it's so it's like, it's, it would be impossible and we'd be, you know, discriminating against an entire race of people or something like that. And so like, you know, that's one thing I wanted to focus on with this series, especially, but you know, with some of my other projects like going on, I'm like, yeah, I think that's a theme <laughs> that I like to with throughout all of my stories. I, I, yeah. I have been writing like homonormative universes or queer normative universes and like all yeah. of my projects. Nice. That's good. So that's probably a big one for me. Another one, and this is not quite as much, I think, as obvious in OBBT, but it is, it is in some of my other projects where like the theme of friendship kind of trumps all, but not in like a plot armory sort of way. It's not like the, you know, anime power of friendship sort of thing. Like we're definitely not going that I will route. save you with my friendship. <laughs> you won't die. <laughs> we're not going quite that route, but like, I think like that the fact that, you know, you can be empowered by who your friends are and like, you can be empowered by the fact that you have like people in your life that care about you and love you but aren't necessarily family is another one that I really like to go for um that's a a different project of mine is like very focused on like friendship and how that can impact somebody's life and like how that can like change it for the better and make them feel like they they belong even though they're very much a black sheep kind of thing yeah so yeah that's definitely like an important theme for me I think (laughs) yeah yeah I love that like the kind of like found family vibes and stuff I love that yeah it's just (laughs) so fun it it's it seems like a trend especially with like um like queer writers or queer people who write queer stories is that they very much love the found family vibes (laughs) It's the best. Well, I mean, come on. <laughs> okay, so let's go over kind of like what your process has been. So how long did it take you to write this book versus editing and the publishing and all that kind of stuff? What was the process like? Yeah, so I started writing OBBT in, I want to say the end of summer. So right around now in 2020. So it's been about three mm-hmm. years since I like first conceptualized what OBBT is. It originally started as a D&D campaign that I was running nice. during the pandemic. So uh, <laughs> I, Yay, I love yeah, RPGs. <laughs> So it started originally as a D&D campaign, which we started back in like, I think, I want to say like April of 2020. And so we'd played like, uh, there were three arcs of it that I had planned and we'd played the first arc. And then I was like, I really would like Kellen, who is my main character, was a side character in their campaign. And like, I was like, dang, I really want, like, I started writing just a short story and I was like, okay, this is not going to be a short story anymore. Like, oopsie. It's going to be long. Yeah. I was like, this is going to turn into a lot more than I thought. And so it kind of became this like, you know, big unwieldy thing that I was like, okay, I should probably like figure out what I'm doing with this. Yeah. Publishing wasn't originally in like the the plan when I'd started writing this. It was more so just like for, you know, shits and giggles kind of thing. Sure. But I I got to like the first like 30,000 words of it and I was like, oh god this is like really like this is good this is the thing that I have been waiting to write because for the longest time before that I was really like I was a short story writer I have a graveyard of short stories that are like you know I I write flash a lot of flash fiction okay I do best with like you know anywhere from like a thousand to like three thousand words like those are that's like my sweet spot I don't have to I don't have to finish anything which is always (laughs) 
Jamaican is good for me. <laughs> All right. But this was the first thing that like I really wanted to finish. So that was kind of yeah. where the, the bug hit me. So I finished the first draft, I believe I want to say by like, I want to say summer of 2021, I think. So it took like almost a year for me to finish the first draft. But once I did, it was like right after that, like it was super fast. Yeah. I got the second draft like totally finished by, I want to say like a couple of months later. And then I booked my editor for the very first time. Um, and she was going to be working on that in like November of 2022. So I like was kind of figuring out what I wanted to do. And when I went in and did some stuff with um, like traditional publishing, um, I was doing that in like early 2022. And then when I was kind of like, nah, maybe I want to just self publish. That was when I booked my editor and kind of like started figuring out, you know, who I wanted to do cover design with and like all that stuff. Yeah. And so it took I think the whole publishing process, I gave myself about a year. I gave just a little under a year when I decided to self-publish because I think I announced that I was self-publishing in like May of 2022 and I, and I published in um, April of this year. So okay. it, was, it was about a year between, you know, deciding that I wanted to publish and then actually doing it. Um, and I determined my pub date based on like when my editor and my cover designer were available and like how much time I would need after that. Right. And it worked out really well. So... <laughs> I was very happy with that timeline. The second book in the series has taken actually a little less time. That was because I was yeah. tandem writing it as I was writing like the second and third drafts of OBBT. I was like also writing the first draft of Brimstone and Fire, uh, of TPF. So yeah, it was kind of like I tandem wrote those, but it, it would, if you, if you actually like parse it out, it probably took about as long. So yeah, I feel like the second book for me too was like, much faster. A little faster. Because you know what you're doing. Yeah. Like, you're kind of more in the groove. And you're like, okay, I've done it once. I can do it again. Like, it's just, yeah, I feel like it's a little easier. Yeah. And you get the first one done. <laughs> I had a I had a POV in the second one that was giving me so much trouble. But, like, the other POVs yeah. were, like, from the first book. It's both Kellen and Cassie. And those came out, like, you know, those flowed like water. But the other the other POV, I was like, yeah. you are so difficult and I can't get this out. <laughs> <laughs> this is the one that took the longest to write, and I'm actually rewriting it right now because I don't, I didn't like one of the plot lines, and so I was just like, ah, oh, yeah. I'm just gonna rewrite that part. So yeah, that that that's probably the most difficult part was like if you add a new character that you don't know very well, and right. it wasn't this one. It was like five characters that are all in his POV <laughs> that I'm like, I don't know you at all. Oh. So. <laughs> Yeah, so you're, like, making a whole other world set of people. Yeah, and I'm like, I did not give myself a... I did not set myself up for success with this. <laughs> it's fine. Do you usually outline your books, or are you more of, like, a... I'm 100% a pantser. A pantser, yeah. <laughs> Me too. So I, I, feel do, you. I do discovery drafts, um, and that's when I really get to know the characters, and then my second draft is usually when, like, I actually, like, kind of have an idea of who they are, but then, like, sometimes okay. the plot is not great, and that's and that's where I am now is, like, the, the draft after that. So the plot wasn't great, but I know my characters now, so... <laughs> There you go. <laughs> I'm like, we're good. Milestones. We're going to get there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, so what has been kind of the biggest challenge that you've um, encountered during the whole publishing writing process? This, I think, actually kind of ties in with, like, one of your other questions that, you, that I know you're going to ask me. <laughs> is it imposter syndrome? Yeah, it is. <laughs> That's that's definitely been it's like the answer that ninety five percent of people I've interviewed have said for this question is imposter syndrome. So I know it well. <laughs> I think, and you know, I think it I think it affects a lot of 
indies and I think it actually affects yeah. a lot of people in general like I think yeah. especially like I've noticed with younger generations so millennials and also like um, Gen Z like we very much struggle mm-hmm. like hardcore with just imposter syndrome in general and I, I suspect it has something to do with like you know the way that we were raised in the state of the world and like all that other crap. So it's like, you know, we don't feel qualified enough, even though we absolutely are. And yeah, that's definitely like my probably has been like the hardest thing for me is like reminding myself that like, you're good enough, like you, you wrote the story that you wanted to read. And like, other people have liked it, like, you're fine. Like, it's all good. Yeah, that's probably been like the top challenge has been just kind of overcoming and, and understanding that imposter syndrome is always going to be there. But like getting working around it. And I think like the second most difficult thing has been um, just trying to figure out like how publishing works and like how to yes. make everything work. Yes, <laughs> there's so much to it. It's crazy. There's a lot of moving parts. And like, I guess kind of when you first jump in, like you don't realize just how much work there is to do. Yeah. But luckily, I mean, luckily for me, I had a really like big group of of other indie authors that like everybody was so willing to answer questions for me and like help me out and all that stuff. And so I was like, I didn't feel so scared when I jumped in, but I was very much like, I feel a little bit like a deer in the headlights kind of thing where I'm like, oh my God, there's so much more to this than I thought. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, there. that was probably the other like non like internal challenge. That was my external challenge was like trying to overcome like what is what are all these things that I need to do what are all these moving parts and just recognizing that it's okay if you don't know everything jumping into it because like you're gonna learn (laughs) you'll learn (laughs) you'll figure it out um and just kind of being okay like absolutely going with that flow and just knowing that like it's not all gonna be perfect and that's okay (laughs) so let's talk more about imposter syndrome so what kind of things how are you kind of combating it getting yourself motivated to keep going with everything yeah (laughs) One, one like silly goofy little thing that I've done for myself that I, I like, I, I actually tell a lot of like my author friends too, like you should do this because it's awesome. Like being able to go back and like reference that stuff. But anytime I get like a, like a DM where somebody's like, oh my God. Or like, if I get like, I had a, I had a reader and a friend of mine that like made a bunch of memes after, <laughs> after they finished reading my book. And then like, you know, like really great reviews or anything like that. Like I'll take a, I'll take a screenshot of them. And then I have a folder on my phone that I've saved with all of like the, the nice stuff that people have said. Aw, nice. And if I'm ever feeling like discouraged or like, if I'm like, oh God, I suck. Like this is awful. Um, I'll just go and look at those and be like, these people liked it and they're not crazy. So like, Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and that that's that is like kind of a just nice little boost that I need and it also yeah. prevents me from going to places like Goodreads or like any of my other reviews and like trying to look through good reviews because sometimes like you'll just randomly hit one that's like, "Oh, that's not as good as I was expecting." And like you'll get sad. From right. that. But now it's like, "No, I've just got all the nice stuff in one folder and like I'm good." And I don't have to like scroll through all of my reviews or anything like that. I- look at all the nice stuff that people say and be like okay if they think I'm cool then like <laughs> I must to, be cool <laughs> I say I'm not cool like <laughs> right <laughs> it, it does help sometimes having that like that external like you're doing great like it, it helps a yeah. lot for sure and you know other things that I'll do is sometimes I'll just go and like I'll reread a, a piece of you know my writing that I really like or like something that you know I remembered writing that I was like wow this is really good like you know I'll go back and do that I don't try to write if I'm feeling really like imposter syndrome <laughs> if I'm like okay bad and crap like I'm not gonna go write because like 
it'll just make me feel worse half the time because I'm blocked (laughs) and then I like can't figure anything out and then I'm just like oh wow I really am terrible like (laughs) I I just I don't I don't try yeah sometimes I'll also go and like you know watch things that are really inspiring or I'll like um you know read a book that has been really inspiring to me or like you know I'll, I'll go do something that like fills my creative well so that I'm like okay yeah good (laughs) but yeah definitely taking a break and just like reading nice things is like my number one thing that I like to do if I'm ever feeling down on myself or I'm not a good writer or I shouldn't be doing this I'm cheating everybody out of their money by (laughs) (laughs) cheating (laughs) Cheating everyone out of their money (laughs) yeah you're not the first person who mentioned that they have like a you know a folder of things so that's good advice a lot of people do that so I need to get on it. I need to get on that. Highly recommend. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So what's something that has surprised you either in a good way or a bad way um, throughout everything? (laughs) There's, there's a couple things, I guess. Uh, I can can do one good and one bad. Sure. (laughs) One, one bad thing that has surprised me has definitely been uh, like just how difficult Amazon and like Ingram and like all of like these publishing platforms just how difficult it can be to like work with them and like figure out like if you have problems or like if anything's not working like like Amazon like screwed up my physical pre-orders for like or like screwed up like listing my physical book for like weeks after I had published and I was like (laughs) (laughs) oh god that's awful that was definitely like you know not so great of a surprise (laughs) Um, yeah but like the the positive thing I guess that has surprised me is just like I, I I never really understood how different it is to like have characters that are so much your own become other people's um so like oh it, it's it, I feel like it's a really, yeah. like it's a cute thing but like you know I've had people that like message me and they're like I love these characters so much like they they feel so real to me and they feel like you know they they feel like my friends and I'm just like oh like, they're my friends too. <laughs> and then it's just like my heart is just like oh like that was, that was just that's like the the sweet surprise that you get from from be, finally being yeah. able to share like the, these characters that have been so deeply your own for so long and like having other yeah. people love them as much as you do but like they love them in a different way and you're like oh, wow, like, I never thought about that. Like, you know, I had a friend that messaged me and they were like, oh, I bet Cassian loves, like, big fuzzy sweaters. And I'm like, you know, I never thought about that, but you're absolutely right. Like, you nailed it. Like, you would. <laughs> you totally would. And, like, it's, it's stuff like that that I'm just like, I never thought about this as, like, a side effect of me sharing these stories, but, like, it's a really great side effect of it. And I, I love yeah. the fact that it's a thing. Like, it's so cute. <laughs> yeah right uh yeah and then yeah anytime anybody says something you know good I would just cry and be like this is amazing (laughs) pretty much that's that's where I'm at like somebody will say something nice and I'm just like oh (laughs) are you sure you're talking about me and my (laughs) but also really (laughs) that was a good one (laughs) okay so What's uh, what's your end goal with writing? Do you have a certain number of books in mind or what's kind of your goal? I think I've actually kind of already achieved my goal. <laughs> yeah, which is which is like really fun for me, I guess, but like one of the things that that when people would ask me that question before I published, the the answer I would always give is like I want a really small but very dedicated fan base and like I think I I think I have that right now where it's like, you know, it's small, but yeah. like 
the people that love my book like really love my book. So I'm like, oh, okay, yeah. like, we're we're sitting good. We're 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 in a good spot. And I think I I I sometimes forget that when I'm like looking at you know my sales or my numbers or anything like that, and I'm just kind of sure like, oh, I'm not selling as much as I wanted to. But like that's okay. <laughs> yeah, I was never really in this for the money, and I think that's a I think that's an answer that you'll get from a lot of people is just like we're not in yeah. it for the money. I don't think a lot of creatives are. It's we're we're in it to you know have fun and be creative and like, you know, share our stories with the world. And so, yeah, you know, I've, I've accomplished the, the sharing part, which was always like, you know, I want to be a published author done. And like, I want to have, you know, my, like this, this group of people that like really love the stuff that I write and like done, like I I've got it. So yeah. it, it feels nice when I'm asked that question now. Cause then I can like be like, yeah, I've done it. Like I'm good. Like Obviously, yeah. I want to keep going because, like, I love you know being able to to deliver these stories to people. But like, I've done it. Like, I've published, and I have people that love my books. So, like, I'm good. Like, I got it. Yeah, good for you. That's a good way to think about it. That's the attitude everybody needs to have because, yeah, there's not a lot of money in this. No, <laughs> so no you can't not. go by that at all. <laughs> even, and even less now with the the whole forty percent with Ingram thing. So we're we're just. I know. I'm not on Ingram, and that's like my next project is to like like I just have my books published through KDP and um like the ebooks too. But um yeah, my next project is to get onto Ingram, and I like was seeing on the news that like, everybody was saying how it's like they did this big pay cut thing or whatever. And I was like, oh, <laughs> should I get on Ingram? Are they still worth it? Like, I mean, I think it is still worth it because, you know, you get like wider distribution, but like the the 40% like wholesale yeah. discount thing, like I, I moved my books to 40% like a couple of months ago. And like, I make maybe like $3 a book. Sure. So, you know, it's it, it can be frustrating, but, you know, I get why they're doing it. And, you know capitalistic society is just really great so <laughs> yeah <laughs> such is the life we live <laughs> such is the life we live exactly we really do not have a choice we're kind of beholden to the whims of what society says they want from us and what the capitalists are like okay we went we need more money <laughs> yeah yes you don't need more money we, we need, more, need money. more money we're the one that made these things so yeah it's, it's fun <laughs> All right. So um, let's go into some of the little rapid fire questions. Um, so just quick answers, whatever you think of, and we'll keep going. So what is your day job if you have one? This is like a really hard question to answer, but essentially I am an IT project manager. Um, oh, okay. I do what's called continuous improvement. So I work for the government. I make things like I take old processes and make them better. Okay, that's cool. Good for you. <laughs> sounds kind of sounds kind of engineery too. <laughs> Some of my coworkers are engineers, so yes. <laughs> yeah. Yep. <laughs> sounds like it. <laughs> All right. So, uh, what hobbies do you have besides uh, reading and writing? Yeah. So uh, I mentioned a couple of them already, but uh, I have a group that I play um, tabletop RPGs with. Right now, we're playing Pathfinder. Um, I also really love watching anime, and I am also a big fan of, like, gaming. So I was literally just playing Tears of the Kingdom before this interview. Um, nice. But I, I love gaming, so I'm, yeah, I definitely am, like, a give me stories in every single format that you possibly can, and I'm good. <laughs> what's your What's your favorite anime? It's <laughs> uh, a great question. It's an anime called 86, which has oh, okay. had some influence on um, the Brimstone and Fire universe. So it's oh, okay. fabulous. It's like a sci-fi dystopian. I don't know. It's yeah. very sad. It's a sad? Oh. <laughs> I like, so I don't know. <laughs> 
If it makes me cry, I'll probably love it. Like, <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> All right. Uh, what's one of your favorite books that you've read? So my favorite series <laughs> is the Captive Prince series by C.S. Picat. And that's also had a really big influence on like how I've written OBBT and just the entire Brimstone and Fire universe. But I just like, I freaking love that story. And it's just, it's so good. <laughs> yeah, good. All right. And so what's your favorite time of day to write? I, I think it depends on like where I am. So <laughs> this sounds okay. silly. Um, if I'm at home, I like writing at night. I'm, I'm like, a you know, if it's like anywhere between like six o'clock PM and like midnight, that's like sweet spot. But I also really like Sunday mornings at a coffee shop specifically. Okay. <laughs> Both of those times are great. <laughs> All right. Perfect. Sounds good to me. <laughs> Do you listen to music while you're writing or no? I wish I could. <laughs> I'm way too ADHD. I'll get distracted. A lot of times, the the if I'm if I'm out, like so, if I'm out writing at a coffee shop, what I'll actually do is I'll put in like my AirPods and I'll listen to brown noise because that okay. helps me focus. But I do have book playlists. I just don't listen to them while I write because it gets I'm like okay. singing along and I like can't actually write or like come up with anything. So I'm like I I need silence. Yeah. Okay. All right. That makes sense. If you could pick one place to travel to, where would it be? At the risk of sounding very much like a like a weeb uh i absolutely so badly want to go to japan like i think it would be so pretty especially in like the spring i want to see all the cherry blossoms and i really 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 want to go to an onsen but i know that i probably would not be able to go in because i have a giant tattoo on my arm so they would not like that but it would be so cool to go yes oh my god i want to go to japan so bad too this is so pretty (laughs) okay what is your biggest pet peeve or trope that you don't like to see in books you're reading miscommunication i hate it (laughs) the worst i know like the adults talk to each other please (laughs) yes yes it makes me so mad (laughs) i agree Uh, and then what is a trope or a theme that you would like to write about that you haven't written about yet that's a good one i i would love to do like an actual enemies to lovers because that's like one of my favorites but like i'm also really like i'm very bad at that there is there is another trope that kind of ties into that where i guess it's like it's like friends to lovers to enemies. And I really want to write that too. So oh, okay. I just sounds cool. all the different lovers to whatever dynamic that I, I don't know. I find them fun. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Sounds good to me. <laughs> all right. Those are all the rapid fire questions. Yay. I need to add more. <laughs> <laughs> They're fun. <laughs> and I say that every episode. <laughs> <laughs> we have just a couple of the like wrap up questions. So what advice would you give to someone who's just starting out or is looking into, you know, any kind of publishing? Yeah. The first and probably most important thing that I would tell people is to get other eyes on your work, have other people like critique your work, have other people look at your work and and give you feedback other than this was really good. Like, yeah, getting getting positive feedback is good, but it's not going to make you a better writer. Um, getting, you know, critical feedback is so important to, to strengthening both your your ability to take feedback, as well as like, be a better writer. So there's a lot of ways that, you know, people can do that. They can go and find, you know, alpha alpha readers. They can find critique partners. Um, you can find like local writing groups. They're everywhere. And just like have people come and, and look at your work critically. I know taking feedback is a scary thing and it can be really like, it can be really scary to put your work out there, but it's, it's so critical in making you a better writer. And I think if you're, if you're, at all going to be pursuing publishing, you definitely need that critical feedback from people. The other important thing that sort of ties in with that is like finding your group, like finding your Mm -hmm. people that are 
that you can lean on, that you can rely on to either A, give you that feedback and be honest with you, but also kind, but also to just like be encouraging and be there for you when you're like feeling really down in the dumps about yourself or like, you're like, oh God, I can't like, I have so... I have like writer's block right now. Like I can't think of anything. And just to be there and like either commiserate with you because sometimes that's all you need. Yeah. (laughs) Or to, you know, kind of give you, give you a leg up. I have a lot of people in the community that like have been incredible for this purpose um, and have like really become friends just because they're so encouraging and like they just want to see, they want to see you succeed. And I love that from them. (laughs) And, you know, having, having that community was like, the number one reason that I even like pursued publishing to begin with is because like, I knew, you know, I had, I had this backing, I had this team and I had this group of people that were like, you can do it girlfriend. Like let's, let's, let's get this done. And also like being able to give that back to them is like very satisfying. So I just like having that group and community is like another really important piece of that. Yeah. That's definitely like probably the top thing that I would recommend, but you know, obviously like do your research on like your, you know, vendors that you're going to be using. So like making sure that you find somebody that does like high quality covers for you and like getting good formatters and like getting a good editor, like editor is probably the biggest, most important thing. But yeah, definitely finding like good vendors that other people have worked with and have really liked. That's how I find my my vendors and everything is like all of these other people that I know in the community have used them at some point or another. Okay. So yeah, those are, those are big pieces I think that are very important to do. Yeah. Um, all right. So what projects do you have coming up? Yeah. So I mentioned this at the beginning, but um, book two of the Brimstone and Fire series, The Phantom Flame, is coming out in early 2024. Um, and then I do have another unrelated, but standalone. I think it's going to be a standalone. I haven't finished writing it, so I don't know. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> but I'm pretty sure it's going to be a standalone. This one's a, this one's a sapphic romanticy that's, um, I'm calling it light academia. It's not dark academia. Okay. And this one's very much focused on like, you know, the power of friendship <laughs> and just like, you know, being in love and like, you know, how that changes yeah. everything. That one is coming, I want to say in late 2024, but we'll see how fast I can finish it. If not, it'll be early 2025. I'm not a fast writer. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. Which is fine. Um, and then I'm currently working on book three of the Brimstone and Fire series as well. So Yay. that'll be coming as well. Yay. <laughs> Yay. It's all coming. It's all coming. Get ready. <laughs> All right. And then tell us where we can find you. What Are there any events you're going to? What's your social media? Tell us where they can find you. Yeah. So you can find me on Instagram at tma.books. That's where I am most of the time. Um, but I also have a website, which is tmledvina.com. Um, and that gives like all information about where you can buy my books, what they're about. Um, upcoming events and things that I will be doing. My next upcoming event, um, and this is not for a while, but that's okay, is I will be an attending author at Imaginarium Book Festival in Washington, D.C. next year. So yay! Uh, I'm very excited. I'll have a bunch of I'll have a bunch of books for people to buy signed books. I'm considering doing like if I can see if I can get like some sprayed edges. I don't know yet, but we'll see. <laughs> But yes, and then if you are local to the Madison, Wisconsin area, um, I do sometimes make appearances at other bookstores. Um, I don't have anything scheduled right now, but my book is available at a Room of One's Own bookstore. So if you wanted Yay. to see it in person, you can go there and uh, take a picture of it. It's right next to Dune. Um, so oh my god, <laughs> that's really so cool. exciting! I'm always like so impressed when authors say that you know have their book in a bookstore. I'm always like, that's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> it was very, it's very fun to work with. The Room of One's Own is like 
like really really awesome and they love they love local authors and they love queer authors and I'm both so they're like yay Perfect. Uh, so they're, they're <laughs> like yeah let's do it um they were awesome to work with I love room they're fantastic um so yes if you're local to Madison uh area definitely go and check them out or even if you're not and you want to make the trip like yeah <laughs> go for it <laughs> fly on over yes <laughs> that's all I have thank you so much this was so fun to talk to you yay I'm glad this was really fun thanks for joining me today on behind the writer make sure you're following our instagram at behind the writer pod for all the latest updates and previews of the guests to come we'll see you next time